welcome to Barry Aftercare, the podcast, where weight loss surgery post-ops learn to deal with the emotional and psychological changes you face in the months and years following bariatric surgery. Today, we continue to build an essential skill set so you can follow through with your healthy lifestyle. This is episode number seven. I just can't deal with stress without healthy coping skills. I'm your host, Dr. Connie Stapleton. Be sure to check out the entire Berry Aftercare program for successful post-op living at www.berryaftercare.com. Now, let's get on with today's episode. Hello and welcome to Berry Aftercare, the podcast, which is also the first of two live talks in the Berry Aftercare program. How are you today? I want to start out by just saying, I'm so over it. Well, I'm not really so over anything right now. However, that's something we hear a lot these days, right? That expression, I'm just so over it, or I can't, I just can't anymore. So those are a couple of expressions that kind of relate to what I'm talking about today, which is, you know, stress and how we deal with stress, coping mechanisms. What are our coping mechanisms? And this is what we've been talking about for the last week or so in Barry Aftercare and on the podcast. So I want to talk more about that today. I'm helping you guys develop a skill set or a toolkit, or a, you call it what you want. You know, if you're a fishing advocate, which I always go back to this because my eight-year-old son is a very avid fisher person and he has his own tackle box. And in his tackle box, he has a number of lures. Well, just like he has to have different lures, of course, because, you know, different situations, different fish. You've got to have a number of skills, a number of healthy coping skills in your skill set as you come across different situations that may tempt you to go against your meaningful matters. You know, go uh, eat something that's not going to lead you in the direction of what you really say you want. So we're going to add to your skill set today with some very particular healthy coping skills. So get your pens, your your phone ready, get ready to make a, a note of the things that I'm talking about Or if you're just listening now, maybe listen to it again later and make yourself a note because you want to have these things available and ready to you to use when you need them. So we've been talking about the meaningful matters, of course, which is probably the only skill you really need to have. (laughs) I, I say that tongue in cheek because, of course, it's better to have more skills. But if you think about it, if you know what you really, really want which is the meaningful matters is just a summary of what you really want in terms of your physical health and your weight. If you ask the question, if I choose to do blank, eat this, whatever, skip my workout, say, forget about the meal planning, just drive through the drive-thru, it's quicker and easier. Whatever the decision or the choice is regarding your eating at that moment, if you say, will this decision move me closer to or further from what I say I really want. And if you answer that, it'll move me further away. Well, that in theory 
should be the only skill that you need. However, of course, it's not always that easy. And there are many things that prevent us from making the healthiest choices at times. Even when, yes, we know this isn't what we want to do or we wish we hadn't done that. Sometimes we still succumb and give in, right? So as the weeks go by, we're going to talk about some of these things that make following through with that healthy choice a difficult decision sometimes. Things like, you know, a lot of people have ADD. There are impulse control issues related to that that disease. Some people have a, believe it or not, fear of success. Other people struggle with a fear of failure. Some people struggle with a lack of self-worth, which sometimes leads to self-destructive behavior, as does (laughs) eating as a form of self-punishment. Maybe you've been there before. And so many people have developed a habit of emotional eating. And then, of course, there's that whole nasty, difficult struggle with food addiction if you're a person who struggles from food addiction. And these are just some of the reasons that makes it tough to always do what you know is the wise thing to do when it comes to your eating behavior. So today, what we're going to talk about is loading you up with some specific tangible coping skills so that you're not left empty-handed if you encounter a difficult situation, one that usually ends up with you eating in a way that does not reflect the healthy lifestyle that you're trying really hard to create. And I've said this before, people who struggle with regain, people who have yo-yo dieted, don't need another fad diet, don't need another diet pill. Although I am saying there are times and places when a bariatrician may recommend that. But what I'm saying is what you really need in addition to whatever your physician recommends for you is a skill set. You need a set of skills to use that's going to help you stay on track. If you've determined that you really want this healthy lifestyle, you have to have a whole lot of skills available to you. And you're going to figure out that if you gather as many skills as you can from a variety of places like your bariatric support group or Weight Watchers or diets you've been on in the past have likely given you some really great skills to use when you encounter difficult eating situations. Online support groups, Googling how to avoid emotional eating. You're going to learn a lot of skills, right? And you're going to figure out, "Mm, this one would work for me because I tend to think like that. Or this one would work for me because I tend to really like to write or look through them, try them out, figure out, you know, the five or six that work best for you. But having an available, just a whole lot of options to choose from It's going to help you a lot. So have you ever really thought about the term coping skill? Even more importantly, have you ever thought about what it is you need to cope with? So we want to have coping skills. And of course, we want to keep our eating in track. But what is this business of coping skills, right? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to make this real easy for you and tell you what we're all trying to cope with. It's life. We are all trying to cope as best we can with life on a daily basis. You know, that life that rarely rolls along smoothly and easily, 
the life that we discover we have so little control over, this, you know, constant life being life and the reality that we have so much lack of control. And in addition, we have so many stressors, you know, busy schedules, or maybe you're bored out of your mind and wish you had a busier schedule. A lot of people are super busy with jobs. Other people are really searching, desperately seeking a job. Maybe your social life is really busy, probably less busy now with COVID, but maybe you wish you had a social life of some sort. But there's stress related to all of these issues, regardless of where you fall on that continuum. And of course, almost every one of us is suffering from stress related to COVID and recent political issues. And let's not forget (laughs) how could we, right? The stress associated with dealing with other people in our lives. You know, if you have a partner or a spouse or a parent or two parents or four parents, makes it even more complicated. If you've got children, friends or frenemies, coworkers, in-laws, outlaws, ex-laws, your ex's new spouse, and then What about the general public? So we deal with a lot of people and dealing with people is stressful. And a lot of that is because we really have so little control over what other people do or how they think or what they say. Uh, There's a lot of lack of control. So every day, you know, who needs coping skills? I do. And I'm sure you do. You probably have some that are working well for you right now. And you have some that are probably not working so well. So let's talk about these knowing that every single day of our lives, we're going to encounter stress. So whether it's in the form of running late for work or trying to drop the kids off at school on time, or (laughs) I'm going to say a funny story in just a second, or dealing with aging parents or having sick family members or trying to keep up the laundry and three kids and their extracurriculars, we are stressed. And most of us are really overstressed. Now, part of this story I'm going to share with you is kind of comical and some of it isn't funny at all. The not so funny part is that my daughter-in-law has had quite a lot of um, physical health issues lately that have landed her in the hospital for pretty extensive periods of time. She's getting well. She's going to be fine. My son, they have two little boys. One started kindergarten this year and had his first in-class sessions this past week. And so he got to get him ready and do the whole car line thing, dropping him off, picking him up. And of course they can't go in with him right now. So he takes his son to school and he was reporting back to me later. He was like, yeah, I was like right on time and in there and doing things. And then I realized I forgot his lunch. So we had to go back home, get his lunch and get right, you know, start all over again in Carline, he said. So the next day he says, you know what? Did Carline this morning? I remembered his lunch, forgot his water bottle. So I just, I just had to laugh. I thought, well, you know what? You're doing what a lot of single moms and single parents do all the time. And God bless you all. So he's making a good effort. So I thought it was kind of comical though. So anyway, we're all dealing with stress. So now in the middle of all the normal things you have to deal with and stress about and try to cope with. Now you've gone and added the stress of having to follow a whole new regimen of healthy behaviors because you want to maintain your healthy weight, your healthy lifestyle 
following bariatric surgery. So now we have stress upon stress because we've added a whole new list of got to do them and things that you got to do. So you didn't really have time to meal prep before. Maybe you didn't think you had time to exercise before. Keep track of water intake and journal your food and reach out to support people before you had surgery. So whatever your life is and however busy your life was before you had surgery, <laughs> ah, however stress-filled and uncooperative people and situations were, it's even more complicated now. Because if you want to do well, you have to find the time, you have to create the time, you have to make the time to do these additional things. So after surgery, people and places and things and life, they remain just as out of our control as ever. And so, yeah, more than ever before, you need to have an arsenal of healthy coping skills. So this may assist you in dealing with not just the stressors associated with following through with your bariatric gotta doems, but also the other stressful things in your life that maybe before you're just like, trying to keep on keeping on, but it may give you some ideas how to handle non-food issues in a better way as well. And of course, I like to deal with you as a whole person. I like to deal with my myself as a whole person. I'm not just about my weight or my health. I'm not just about my relationships. I'm about my relationships, my health, my weight, my finances, my spirituality, my, my connections, my involvement with, you know, uh, assisting others, my education, my ongoing learning. So we are whole persons and we need healthy coping skills in all of our areas of life. So just think about this, particularly right now about your life and your health, healthy lifestyle related to your food and your eating, because you're probably more focused on that right now, but also extend these coping skills into other areas of your life where they'll be helpful. All right. So you know, you're determined to develop and maintain this healthy lifestyle. You've made a good start. And sometimes, this is true, that we've neglected ourselves prior to having weight loss surgery. We've neglected ourselves if we're dealing with an aging parent or we're, we're neglecting ourselves uh, to expand our careers or we're neglecting ourselves because we've got to put our kids first. And there's a lot of reasons that we neglect ourselves. So. Maybe before surgery, it was quickest to eat out, eat on the run, existing off of fast food, grabbing something out of the cabinet, grabbing a bag of chips instead of food and finding some comfort food. Of course, you know, that's not going to work if you plan to keep your weight off and live that healthy lifestyle. And that's why we talked about awareness last week. And we talked about awareness as being one of the first things related to adding to your skill set. Because until you become aware that, oh, I automatically run out of the house with a bag of whatever in my hand, a bagel or a, a Pop-Tart or, a, you know, something unhealthy. Until I'm aware of that connection, it's going to be really tough to break it. Or until I'm aware that I keep a bunch of, you know, candy in my desk drawer at work. Until I become aware, then I can't really change it. So becoming aware of when you maybe reach for food in response to stress, emotional eating, right? In, in response to frustration or sadness or anger or boredom, you have to be aware of what you're doing in order to make the change. But then what, 
right? Then what? So maybe you become aware that, whoa, there you are at the fridge or you're at the snack door of your dress, dress. You have a snack drawer in your dress. Now that my friend is really creative. (laughs) Get rid of that dress. But if you have a snack drawer in your desk, or maybe you're like rummaging through your first your purse to see if you can find some change so you can get to the vending machine where you find yourself four or five times a day at the at the office. Or maybe, you know, you just all of a sudden you're like, my hand's in this bag of chips. How did it get there and what it's doing? Right. Maybe you've made the awareness, but what do you do instead? So this is when you need to have in your mind or have a list on your phone or on a piece of paper or on your desktop that you can literally pull up and look and say, okay, this isn't an option. I'm aware of my tendency to emotionally eat, but that's not an option for me now because I've made a commitment to follow through with a healthier lifestyle. So that's also why I talked about feelings feelings as being an important skill. You're aware of what you're doing or you're becoming more aware of what you're doing when you reach to food, especially unhealthy food. So I want you to start really focusing on the feelings and the role that they play as a skill in helping you change your behavior. So I'm going to tell you how all this works together. And then we're going to play out some real life scenarios so that you can really see how this applies to your life. All right. So you're aware now, let's say you're searing into the refrigerator, you're opening drawers, you're looking around and you're looking just for something. And you're like, what am I doing here? I have an awareness. Am I really hungry? How am I feeling? Or maybe you're once again, standing at the vending machine, just looking at all the rows and thinking, hmm, what would make me feel better? Or what do I feel like? So you have the awareness that that's where you are and you go, no, 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 not an option. What can I do instead? So let's ask the the question, not only what can I do instead, which we will get to because you got, you know, maybe you're, you, you want to do something, but ask yourself this question. What am I feeling? Or standing here looking at the vending machine What's going on with me? How do I feel? So I'm going to give you some suggestions, you know, things to ask yourself. Am I sad? Am I lonely? Do I feel unappreciated, ignored, disappointed, helpless, hopeless? Or do I feel, I just, I'm ticked off. You know, I'm really annoyed. Oh, dang, I feel really cheated right now. Or "Mm, I'm feeling so betrayed. I'm just, I'm just irritated and I don't know why, but I'm feeling irritated. What about anxiety and those related feelings? Am I nervous? Am I anxious? Am I concerned about something? Am I worried about something? Or am I excited and and feeling joyful or I'm, I'm amused or relieved or maybe I'm content? Ask yourself these questions. Get in touch with what's going on in your body and what's going on with your mind. Your body's going to experience the sensation of your emotions. Your mind is going to have thoughts that are affiliated with it. Like I'm really ticked off at that person, or I would just like to, you know, whatever it is. But ask those questions of yourself. 
And I'm going to give you a handout. You can download this handout. So it'll make this all clear to you, but just kind of stay with me here. So you find yourself or you're aware that you're looking for food. You ask yourself how you're feeling. The next thing to ask yourself, and you're going to need your feeling word here. What does this feeling tell me I need? And I guarantee you the answer is not food. (laughs) So what does this feeling tell me I need on an emotional level? So if I'm sad, let's say I'm sad. What do I need? What do I need? I'm sad. What do I need? Well, right now I could use some encouragement, right? Or I could just use some companionship. I'm so sad being here by myself all the time. I, I, I could use some companionship. Or maybe you're feeling unappreciated or maybe ignored by your coworkers or your family members. What do I need? I'm feeling ignored. I'm feeling they don't value me, appreciate me. I need reassurance. I need some acknowledgement that I matter, that somebody cares about me. I have literally called a friend in the past and said, you know what? I'm just not feeling important to my friends right now. Or I'm just not feeling like a good friend. Can you remind me of the reasons that we're friends? The reasons you like me? I have literally done that. Because your feelings will tell you what you need. So maybe you're irritable or angry or what do you need? Do you need some peace of mind? Or maybe you're ruminating about something. It just makes you angrier and angrier. When I get in an argument with my spouse, I think about it. I think about it. The more I think about it, the angrier I get. So maybe I need the voice of reason to balance my intense, angry energy with, yeah, Connie, but what did you do? So I have these good friends and I can call them and I can say, I'll go, he blah, 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 blah. And I'm really mad at him. And he blah, 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 blah. And my really good friends will say, yeah, I hate him too. And then we kind of chuckle and we talk. And then, and then my really good friends will say to me, what's your part in this, Connie? So they bring me some leveling off of this intense emotion with some logic, some reason, some balance. So is that what I need right now in my irritable state? Or do I need to blow off some of this steam physically? Because personally, for me, when I get heated, I get heated quickly and I get heated hotly. (laughs) And sometimes I just need to blow it off. So my treadmill and I have a real good thing going when I'm really ticked. And I get on there and I blow off some of that energy and it gives me the time I need to slow down and settle down before I react in a way that's not going to lead me in the direction of my goals. If it's my relationship or if I'm wanting to lash out with food or alcohol or whatever it might be. So if I'm scared or upset, nervous, anxious, lonely, what do I need? Maybe I need comfort. Maybe I need companionship. Maybe I need reassurance or maybe I just need to feel safe. You got to start making the connections between these things, because once you realize you make the awareness that you're reaching to food or you want food. Or and you become aware that you're feeling angry or sad or irritable. Then you can say, what do I need? You can come up with something you need that would make you feel better. Because in these circumstances, if we're reaching out for food, for comfort, to make us feel better. In other words, 
We don't want to feel the way we feel, right? We want to get away from this feeling and food is a way that does that. What is it I need really? Because food may take care of that momentarily, but in the long run, it's not done you any good. All right. So once I'm aware of how I feel and what I need, then we get to what are my options? What are some healthy ways for me to get this emotional need met? And you can even say, is food going to cut it? Well, food would make me feel better. But for how long? Is eating things that are not on my daily plan or not going to move me closer to my goals, they may help me feel better temporarily. And remember what we talked about before about we have to think about is something that's going to make me feel better temporarily in the short term, but going to hurt me in the long run? Really a good answer. It's not. And you know that logically. You know that logically. Sometimes we have to slow down so we can get these pieces in place, the awareness, the feeling, what I need. And that just comes with time and practice. And it, it requires a lot of time and practice most of the time. How badly do you want what you really, really want? Do you want it badly enough to put forth the time and the effort and the practice? Right? If you want to be a piano concert pianist, <laughs> then it requires the time, effort, and practice. If you want to, you know, rise through the ranks at your job, you got to put the time, effort, and practice. It's no different. How badly do you want it? Right? We've talked about that before. So the question becomes what are the healthy ways for me to meet? emotional need that I have right now. So that we want to have this list that we can pull out. You've already used your awareness here. You've already recognized your feelings, which are two very important skills in your skill set. They're in your toolkit, your whatever you want to call it. So let's go to the next step. Okay. Remember, there are healthy skills. There are unhealthy skills. There are healthy ways to deal with situations that we call life that we call stress, and there are unhealthy ways to deal with the things that come up in our lives, right? What most of us want when we're feeling those intense emotions, as I just said, because these are usually just stress that we find ourselves in. We want relief. We want relief from how we feel. We want to feel better. So we say things like, I just can't deal with this. I just can't do this anymore. It's, it's just too much. I am over it. Just like I said at the beginning of the podcast, the beginning of this, this uh, live session. So this is about stress. This is about unpleasant emotions. And in this really busy culture, what are the things we have become accustomed to doing when we just can't anymore? How are we attempting to get relief from these feelings we don't like? We find them unpleasant. Well, we eat. We whip out that credit card. We jump on Amazon. We jump on our favorite boutique site. We spend money. We get lost in social media, right? We just dig in. We start binge watching. We drink alcohol, smoke dope, take pills, watch too much pornography. Oh, and did I mention eat unhealthy foods? We also do things like mm, yell at our kids, yell at our partners, we, we, we just lash out at our spouses. We are mean to our animals sometimes. And what about our parents, our aging parents? Maybe we're, we're, we're critical to them or take it out on them. What happens after we do those things? We feel worse. So we feel worse. And what do we do? We go down that spiral. We again, eat, drink, shop, watch more 
television, get lost in whatever. They're all coping skills. These are all coping skills. However, I'm going to lump these into the category I call unhealthy coping skills. Something that makes us feel better, that makes us feel worse when we're trying to feel better. I call that an unhealthy coping skill. All right. So when you and me, not more, not anymore. We're not going to do that. We're going to learn these healthy coping skills because we want to live an overall healthy lifestyle, right? Which <laughs> includes a whole lot more than eating kale and doing Zumba. Although, you know, those aren't bad things either. Those are healthy coping skills. I'm not a kale fan, but give me spinach. So, but it's learning. It's learning these things and it's using these things, these things that are the healthy coping skills so that we can, yeah, we can improve our eating habits, but we can also improve our relationships, not just with other people, but with ourselves. Because, you know, we just talked about how when we do something that ends up making us feel worse, it's a negative spiral. And that leads us back to more unhealthy coping skills because we're familiar with those. We're used to using those. So this is a time in our lives when you have the opportunity to learn something that can improve your life in every arena, but you've got to choose it. You've got to choose it. You've got to want it. You've got to put the effort into doing it. And mm, that falls on each one of us individually, right? So I'm going to share with you a list of some healthy coping skills, as well as some additional unhealthy coping skills. So when we become aware that what we're doing is not in line with what how we want to live our life, goes against our values, is not going to move us toward what we say we really want, then we have to start reaching for our healthier coping skills to move you closer to what you really want. So let me give you some other examples of unhealthy coping skills, just so we make sure you have a real good idea. Um, driving too fast can be an unhealthy coping skill. If you're angry and you drive fast, that's an unhealthy coping skill. You're driving maybe to release some of that pent up anger or energy because anger is really just energy. And sometimes we just need to release it and then we can think clearly, we can move more slowly. So that can be a really unhealthy coping skill, right? Chewing your fingernails can be an unhealthy coping skill. Becoming aggressive verbally or God forbid, physically, right? Of course, eating too much, drinking too much, too much caffeine might be an unhealthy coping skill. Smoking, unhealthy coping skill, right? So many people are like, I'm, I'm anxious or I'm nervous or I'm stressed. I'm going to reach for that cigarette. So many of us who are former smokers, I haven't smoked for over 25 years. Sometimes it's like, this is how I felt when I wanted a cigarette right? Because that was an easy inhale the nicotine, calm myself down. Unhealthy coping skill. I wanted the calm. I've had to learn healthy coping skills to do instead. So drinking alcohol, we talked about yelling at people, um, using drugs, isolating can be an unhealthy coping skill. You know, I just want it all to go away. But then we feel worse because we're, you know, maybe we're feeling more isolated, that takes us down a spiral, or we're not dealing with our responsibilities in life and ignoring our children who are our responsibility. Another unhealthy coping skill is catastrophizing, like making things worse than they really are. Sure, things might be not good, but 
you know, really talking them up worse and worse and worse just causes us more stress. Not a healthy coping skill. Comparisons are often unhealthy coping skills, right? So we're going to look for adding healthy coping skills to our our repertoire of go-tos when we're stressed. Now, ultimately, what we want to do is find a coping skill to deal directly with whatever our emotions are telling us we need. Sometimes in the meantime, we need a distraction. If you're having a craving, maybe you need a distraction, right? Until you can settle down enough or think clearly enough. Or when your emotions are too intense and you're too overwhelmed to really go through that whole business of what you ultimately want to do of how am I feeling? What is this feeling telling me I need? What would be a healthy coping skill to get the need met? So in the meantime, maybe you need some quick to-dos, right? So I'm going to read off a list of some healthy coping skills that you can do in the moment until you can later sit down and process through the whole thing and really learn about yourself and what you need. All right. If you're, if you're stressed, angry, upset, bored, listening to music is a great thing. If you not, you know, hard rock, unless you're feeling really bored or lazy and you might want some hard rock, but if you're stressed or angry or whatever, listening to some soft music is a good idea. If you want to get jazzed up to do some exercise, then maybe listening to some hard rock would be a good thing for you. But music is a great skill that you can do almost anytime, almost anywhere, because we all have music on our phones, right? So you can do that. And actually, it's something I do almost every day. If I'm doing paperwork and I'm feeling annoyed that I have a lot of paperwork to do, or if I'm um, feeling stressed about writing a certain article or whatever, I always have music, soft music going in the background. And it really does bring my emotions to a calmer spot. Now, maybe you have a pet playing with a pet. Almost always, if you're an animal person, makes you feel better. So if you're home and you're mad at your kids or you're mad at your spouse or you're bored or you're whatever, finding a pet. If you're just really wanting to run to the fridge, take your dog out for a walk or take your cat, you know, do whatever cats do. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Maybe you need to laugh, even if it's inappropriate laughter because you're stressed or you're, you know, you're worried. Maybe you just need to let some emotion out through laughter, or maybe you need to sit down and allow yourself, give yourself permission to have a good cry if it's an appropriate time and place to do so. Maybe going out with a friend, even if it's shopping, but you and your friend agree, this is my budget for right now, or else don't go if you don't feel safe that you could do that, or go for a walk with your friend, or call your friend and just talk. Or imagine talking to your friend if they're not available. (laughs) I'm all about talking out loud to your imaginary friend or your real friend or your pet or your computer or your mirror. Because you hear yourself. You really can process a lot just talking to yourself or just thinking through it. I'm a huge fan of, you know, as a therapist, of course, having the empty chair thing. You know, having to talk with yourself or having to talk with somebody else. Or chewing out your mother if you don't want to do it in person, but it gets it out of your system. Do it for pretend. A bath or a shower is a great way 
to soothe. It's a great way for most of us to soothe. Some people, if you have the time and if it's, if it's a moment that this is appropriate, then write, write your feelings or write a fake letter that you never send. Um, paint, draw a picture of whatever you're feeling. For a lot of people, artistic and creative expression is easier than words, than saying the words. So do that. You know, if you're a spiritual person, just say a prayer up into the universe. Or if you're not a spiritual person, but you're an energy person, just send some energy out into the world or to yourself. Of course, movement is always a great idea, especially if you have high intense emotions, you know, just jog in place for a minute or get up and do some squats or go for a walk on your treadmill. If that's an option at the moment, sometimes it's not. So we have to resort to, that's why we have to have a lot of, a lot of things. Cause I'll say to people, well, what if you're at work and you're all upset and you want to eat and you can't, well, I'll just go exercise. You're at work. What are you going to do? Right. It's like, People have these ideas in their head, which are great ideas, but they're not always appropriate in the scenario. So you've got to have a list of what is, and you can't always think when your energy or your emotions are high, you've got to have something to look at. So you can go, oh, that won't work. I can't go jog around the park, <laughs> whatever it is. All right. So take some deep breaths. Always, always, always a good coping skill. Positive, right? Um, think of something funny. There's a great psychology tool called um, uh, Remembered Wellness to remember a time in your life when you were calm, peaceful, happy, serene. And if you can really, if you're a good visualizer and you can visualize yourself that doing that or being in that spot, it helps tremendously. Just stand up, stretch, get yourself out of the moment, have a conversation with somebody because it'll take your mind off whatever you were perseverating or stewing about. Use positive self-talk. One of the greatest skills you can ever have. Talk to a friend. Call a child and have a happy conversation with them. It will surely make you feel better. Remember things that you have to be grateful for. Use some mantras. I will do this. I can, I can survive without this whatever for right now. Um, thinking about pets or people or places you love really does a lot. Um, if you can close your eyes and take a 15 minute nap, do it. If you can, you know, if you just need to completely get your mind off of something, read a blog post or read a book or, you know, get online and read a spiritual passage, whatever works for you. Uh, get your journal out. Even if you don't have time to write about the whole situation, write down mad, irritated, annoyed, and then come back to it later. Maybe, um, like I said, write a, write a pretend letter, make a list of gratitude, go do something nice for somebody else, right? Chew gum, paint your nails. I'm going to give you a blog post in the, in the podcast notes today of a website with over a hundred positive coping skills and literally make the effort and take the time to put these on your phone or to have them somewhere where you can easily refer to them. I often tell people, create yourself a tip jar and a tip jar is full of things, sensical or nonsensical to provide you something to do 
to get through a craving or to get through a difficult time or to get through, you know, a time when you're highly stressed and need to just come down or you're lonely or you're sad or you're scared and you want to feel better from whatever emotion is going on within you at the moment. So a tip jar is taking these skills, these coping skills, printing them off the computer, cutting them into little strips of paper or gathering all your support people around you together and writing down some of these ideas. And when you're so overwhelmed or stressed and you just can't think of a healthy thing to do, pull one out, read it. If it says, you know, uh, write a thank you note, then go write a thank you note. And if your craving is still there or you're still not feeling right, go pick out another one and do it until you can calm yourself down. But for sure, at some point after a, a highly emotional situation, whether you worked through it in a healthy way or you gave in to whatever, go back and work through this business of, and I'll have this on a worksheet for you, of what was going on, what was the situation, how was I feeling, what did that feeling tell me I needed, and what were my options? And if I chose this option, would it lead me closer to what I say I want or further from? So let me give you a couple of real life examples of how this can work out. Okay. Some day-to-day things. So let's say that you have a sick relative and you're really, really worried about this person, but you're at work and you've got your daily life and you've got your children and you've got your partner and you've got, you know, you've got a full life and this sick relative, you know, you care about them. You want to help them. It's just adding stress to your already stress filled life. So you get a call, you're at work and they're like, listen, you know, you said if there's anything you can do to let you know. So I'm calling to let you know that it would be really helpful if you could run to the store and get these 12 items and just drop them by. You're like, oh, of course I'll do that. But you're like, my God, that adds a whole nother level of stress to me. And I've got the kids have this and this and this tonight. And all of a sudden you want to reach for whatever it is. Maybe since we're talking about your weight here, we're going to say you want to reach for a candy bar because it makes you feel temporarily happy, but you're aware that your temporary happiness in this case is going to lead to long-term frustration because it's going against what you say you want. So what do you do? You're like, yes, I want this comfort. And I get this comfort a lot from chips or candy or whatever it is. And you say, how am I feeling? I'm feeling so stressed. I'm just so stressed. Maybe you can't pinpoint an emotion but you know you don't want to go for food and you don't have the ability because you're headed into a meeting to sit down and write all this out and figure out what the feeling is telling you you need. So what can you do right now? Well, you get on your computer before you run into the meeting, you go, you make yourself a little note. I'm feeling so irritable and stressed and overwhelmed and candy is not an option. I'm going to this meeting. I will deal with this later. Well, you just did a very healthy coping skill. You journaled you jotted, you got it out, right? So now you have to go to the meeting and that will keep you safe from the candy bar. And during that meeting, you continue to give yourself positive affirmations. I didn't grab the candy bar. Good for me. I can get through this after work by blah, 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 blah. And you make a plan for where you're going to fit this in. And maybe you come up with, you know what? I'll just Instacart it. 
or I'll just have it ready for me and I'll swing by wherever the grocery store and I don't even have to go in. And then you start to feel better and better and better and you can feel happier about yourself because you didn't give into the temptation in the moment, right? So that's a great example. Maybe you have an argument with your spouse and you're feeling really sad or you're feeling guilty because you know you said, you know, I just don't want to be around you and I don't like you right now or just get away from me. And you're feeling bad about that because you don't want to be that kind of unpleasant towards your spouse. And so you're feeling guilty and you're like, I just feel terrible. And, you know, it would really make me feel better if I could just have, you know, uh, some sweet tea. Sweet tea always makes me feel better. But you're like, wait a minute. that isn't an option for me. I've made my commitment to my health. What else can I do? And your mind goes blank. So you get your phone out and you're like, Oh, call my best friend. Duh. Why didn't I think of that? She's not available right now. She's on an airplane. Oh, Oh, I'll just have a pretend conversation with her and then go through that conversation with your friend, you know, and the friend is going to say, now I don't want you to beat yourself up. Yeah, you could have responded better, but when all is said and done, go back and tell your spouse, you know, I shouldn't have taken that out on you. Well, I don't want to because, you know, he was a jerk too. Well, you know what, Connie, you have a choice. You can either make yourself feel better by making an amends, you know, or you can hold on to your pride and say, he should make amends to me (laughs) or however that works for you. But you have the choice always, right? But you have to have these skills available to you. And we have to get into the habit of choosing healthy skills rather than going to the old ones that did not serve us well. Eating junk food is not going to serve you well in your life right now or ever probably if you are seeking a healthy lifestyle. So we have to let go in our lives of those things that don't work for us anymore and adopt and learn some new things. So again, the ultimate thing you want to do or an ultimate, not the, but a really important thing you want to do after a situation is to really say, what was going on with me? What was the situation I was in? And in that situation, how was I feeling? And take that feeling and say, in that situation, feeling this way, What was I needing emotionally? What what would make me feel better? What would help me out in that situation? And then learn what you need. You needed comfort. You needed reassurance. You needed validation. You need to make an amends. You needed to, you know, have some um, rational thought. And then you can go about getting those. But in the meantime, in the moment, this list of healthy coping skills can help you get by, but you need to have access to it. So put this on your phone. All right. If you go onto my, my website, www.conniestapletonphd.com, you can look for the handout that is called, um, oh gosh, what's it called? (laughs) I don't remember, but there are all kinds of them. Some of them will have to do with feelings and some of, oh, it's, um, my, uh, oh God, dang it. It's planning. It's a plan protection plan, my protection plan. And that this, what I'm cheering with you now is part of that. You're, pro, you're creating a protection plan from eating in unhealthy ways, from reacting in unhealthy ways and learning to deal with all the stress that we have in our life. 
in healthy ways. All right, guys, that's it for today. Please share this podcast with your friends. I encourage you right after you quit listening to forward the link to a good friend of yours who you think could benefit from this. And it doesn't have to be about eating to benefit from this podcast, as you can tell. So share this with a friend and I encourage you to join Barry Aftercare so you can hear Thursday's talk that will follow up with this topic of having a list of readily available coping skills. You can go to www.barryaftercare.com and look at all of the benefits of participating in that program. Between now and when we encounter one another again, I remind you that this is your health. This is your responsibility today and every single day. Make your choices wisely and I'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Very Aftercare, the podcast. The information shared on this podcast is considered psychoeducation and does not constitute therapy or a therapeutic relationship. Be sure to check out all the great information I provide, much of it free, by visiting my website at www.conniestapletonphd.com. Be sure to leave your positive comments for this podcast and listen in next week to learn more ways to live your best post-op life. Thank you.